This is the ESPC podcast. In this podcast, I give you a glimpse of what to expect at the European SharePoint Office 365 and Azure Conference 2017. This year, the ESPC is held in the beautiful city of Dublin, the land of Guinness, the Trinity College and the band U2, of course. This is the third and final day of the conference and we will take a closer look at the content of the sessions today. The last year, Microsoft have kind of groupified SharePoint. Mikkel Svensson is a CTO at PuzzlePart, an Office 365 consultancy company. He has worked in the search field for over more than 15 years, implementing solutions for major international corporations. Mikkel is an international speaker as well as an Office Server and Services MVP since 2011. He will give us an overview of how the Office 365 groups can solve business processes. Mikkel, how do you deal with the self-service creation of Office 365 groups in a company? Are there some guidelines to follow? Well, so I guess, I guess out of the box uh, with Office 365 groups, it's all self-service. So that means everyone can go ahead and create a group from either Planner or SharePoint Home or from Outlook, or, uh, maybe even Yammer. Uh, but uh, the problem is that uh, self-service uh, might spawn too many groups. I just had a had a friend who said, "Well, in a company of seventy-five thousand, in three days, they suddenly have had one thousand groups after they enabled the mm-hmm. self-service of groups, uh, mostly due to planner." Yeah. So, I think you should you you need some control over self-service. I, I think self-service is fine because ordering and having someone to approve and go over your request that takes a lot of time. But I think some control over self-service is a good idea. Uh, because, because one group could be for internal projects, one could be for extranets, one could be for, I don't know, there, there's a lot of different collaboration scenarios. And having an option to add some extra metadata, some extra rules to the different kinds, that might be a good idea, in my opinion. Is it a good idea to, to put the self-service creation by default on? So... Uh, what we've done with the last couple of projects I've been working with, they're, they're both a government agency. So we have turned off the default uh, self-service, but we're providing the, the users with a, with a new self-service solution where they can add some more metadata, uh, where we do some customizations to the site. We, we do something with the branding, ensure the naming policy for email for the groups, etc. So we have a different requ- uh, set of, or a list of requirements, business requirements, which we then apply when we provision the groups, which you can't do out of the box with out of the box solutions. So, so, so we're still having self self service, and we very much want people to create their own groups. Yeah, okay. But we want some more control, some more some more governance of what's actually happening. Yeah. And- are there features that, that we can control as, a, as an administrator of the platform? Uh, out of the box, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so out of the box, you can you can set a naming policy, which will impact both the display name and also perhaps, or you can set the prefix or the suffix of the email. Uh, but that that... But using that, you can only have one naming policy. That means if you say, okay, all groups should be prefixed by group, for example... Okay, that's fine. Uh, 
or you can ensure that uh, a property from your uh, from your user's AD profile goes into names. That means if I'm in in the development department or sales department, that could be a part of the grouping name, and that's being enforced. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's that's not enough. So what we have, we we do like all extranets start with an email extranet and a dash, and the name will be extranet with a colon. Mm-hmm. Uh, all internal will be collaboration dash or collaboration colon. So we or collab actually on the email. So we have different rules on what the email address should be compared to what the display name of the group should be. Okay. So 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 by taking control, you can. I mean, then you can add whatever logic you want because then you have a programmer at your disposal. Yeah. So there's room for uh, improvement on the uh, out of the box uh, side. Yeah, so there's lots of improvement. So what I'm what I'm creating right now with my customers is actually very generic. So when it's all done and I get time to polish it all up and package it, I'll uh, either put it on my own GitHub or hopefully put it out as a PMP sample so everyone else can use it as well. Because because right now it's a it's a part of uh, some Azure some Azure functions. There's uh, there's a SharePoint list where you where you order stuff, and then there's there's a flow using the Azure functions to actually do the configuration and lots of the logic. So there's there's a couple of parts you need to put together, but it's not that complicated. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but that but that means by doing it like this, so one customer they. I think for extranets, they actually want to have an approval workflow, so that they can, then they can just edit the flow and then add that step for that type of site. So it's very easy for them to add more logic when I'm gone if yeah. they want to add or remove components. Yeah. Sounds uh, interesting. So we are looking yep. forward to uh, to discover your solution uh, somewhere on your blog, I guess. So, uh, I will, yeah, I will put that, uh, yeah. The, the link to your blog on the on the show notes then. Well, well, thank you. And, 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 and so this is basically the solution I will demo at uh, the European SharePoint Conference. But okay. uh, how you, with uh, different uh, development technologies, can actually take take business processes and turn them into artifacts, with, uh, so you have, you have more control. Later today, there is a session from Rick van Russelt. Rick works as a senior SharePoint Office 365 consultant and is the founder of Rivaro Consultancy. He has been working with SharePoint since 2007 and now has made the transition to Office 365. Rick will talk about how to build an intelligent SharePoint bot and will show us how to use the cognitive services that Microsoft now offers and how we can use these services and APIs to take the SharePoint and Office 365 experience to the next level. When combined with the Microsoft Graph, a whole new world of collaboration will open up. Rick, what exactly are these cognitive services? Well, um, Microsoft has provided the cognitive services for us, and actually they're just services, APIs that we can call, and those will help to make our applications more intelligent or better, so we don't have to write stuff ourselves to create an artificial intelligence that will help us to improve our product that we are building. Mm-hmm. And how easy is it to use them? Well, it's super easy. They're just APIs, so we can just do a REST call to, to call them. There's The documentation is, is very, very extensive. And there's also, all, most of the time, there's also a test uh, site where you can test out the API before you start building it. So it's actually really easy to start using them. The only thing you need is a key, and you get that in Azure. 
Okay, and in your session today, uh, you will build a uh, SharePoint bot. Um, mm -hmm. Why, do, why right. do we need a bot? Well, um, actually, that's a funny story. I was working one day, and the guy sitting across from me, uh, he, he was, I think it was the fifth time that day that he got a call, uh, can you please re-index my, my site collection? And I don't know if you've done it lately, re-index the site collection on uh, SharePoint Online, mm -hmm. but yeah, you have to go to the site collection, then open the site settings, then search for the, the what's it, search and offline content or something like that, and then if you click the button, then it waits a few seconds for the button to load. So I was thinking, oh my God, this, this is a waste of time. So I thought, uh, why not create a SharePoint bot that can do the administration stuff for us? So we can say to the bot, well, go ahead and create a site collection or go ahead and create, uh, re-index a site. And then we have more time to do other stuff. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the future, in the near future, maybe, uh, can you give some examples of, of how a, a bot can increase the business productivity? Well, for the, the simple tasks, bots are, are already capable to perform the simple tasks that we perform on a daily basis. Um, let's say, for instance, if you have a, a help desk bot, um, if somebody calls the help desk, the help desk employee always has to ask the first few questions. Those, those are always similar. Did you turn it off? Did you turn it off and on again? Mm -hmm. Did you, uh, I don't know, restart your Wi-Fi? Did you restart your VPN? Did you? It's always the same few questions. If a bot can take that work out of the, the help desk employee's hands and when when it's not it's not it's not that simple of an answer then it the bot can say to the the employee yeah it's not i can't find it can you please help this person but i already checked this 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 and this so that will take makes it makes our daily lives much better mm -hmm. oh interesting uh, what were the the attendees of your session what, what what will they learn at the end well they will learn um, first of all how to simply create a bot. I, actually, I will show them how to create a bot in like two minutes. Uh, if you use the Q&A maker, so that's uh, also a service from Microsoft where if you have uh, an existing frequently asked question page, then you can just enter that URL, or if it's a Word document, it can also be a Word document. Mm -hmm. You enter that into the Q&A maker and within five seconds you have a bot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will show them also, we'll first start building a, a small bot. And then we'll start implementing some intelligence. So we'll need Lewis for that. So and after that, we implemented some intelligence. Then we can start building the more difficult applications. And I will also talk about the the hazards that come with building a bot. Because yeah, sometimes you don't have to build a bot just for building a bot. You have to have some kind of business case for it. Like for instance, the example I give is let's say uh, an, an an app to um, Wait, uh, an app that um, when you go to the store, you have a shopping list app. So there are thousands of them. If you open up your phone and you open the, the store, then the, you can find a thousand shopping list apps. Yeah, don't build a bot to, to help you with the shop app, to create a shopping list bot because yeah, it would be stupid. You wouldn't compete with all those apps that are actually easier to use than probably a bot will be. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. So uh, we are looking forward to, to your session today. Mm -hmm. Rick, thank you. Thank you. And thank uh, you. see you later. Okay, see you. Bye. So this was the last episode of the ESPC podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and see you next year.